You are Locked On Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. January 21st, 2021. 22. I said 22. Nobody, if I get a single message about saying the year wrong again, I swear I said 22. Y'all heard me. 2022. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every day. Free and available on all platforms. We have some more news. It's great when we have news. Um, Yesterday, as you're listening to this, Baseball America released their going into the 2022 season uh, top 100 prospects in all of baseball and did a little bit of shuffling within organizational uh, prospect rankings as well. So that's what we get to take a look at today. We're going to look at some of the top 100s, some of the players in the Tigers organization that are just outside the top 100 and, and are highly ranked within the organization and could sneak in, all that good stuff. So it's going to be a fun show. We got some We got some baseball news, baby. Uh, baseball America, like I said, releases their top 100 every well they they release they have like big releases and then they have like small adjustments so throughout the season they'll do some uh minor adjustments here and there but they always do their big one at early on in the calendar year and then another big one right at the end of the major league baseball season so those are the two like big reveal ones they do but like i said they're they're tinkering with it really all all calendar year um so they just released their preseason 2022 rankings for the top 100 prospects in baseball and your Detroit Tigers have three players in the top 100 now this is a slight it's not even fair to say it's a slight step down because those players graduated and are now in the majors so like it's not like we had a bunch of players in the top 100 and then they you know like the prospects struggled and they fell out talent wise like they just got promoted to the majors and that's what happens um but last year we had what did we have five i think we had three in the top 20 and five in the in the top like 40 or something obscene we had torque and green still then yeah then all the three-headed monster was in there so mize manning scuba world in there too so we're now down from from five to three. Um, Riley Green comes in as the number four prospect in all of baseball. Spencer Torkelson comes in as the number five prospect in all of baseball, and Jackson Job comes in as the 79th ranked prospect in all of baseball. Now, having anybody in the top 100 is an accomplishment. If you're a top 100 prospect in baseball, you are expected to have a pretty respectable Major League Baseball career. People are expecting you to be an everyday ball player, at least. If you're in that top 20, that's where teams get really hype about you. And that's why it was so crazy last year when we had 
we had my I believe it was Mize, Green, Torkelson were all in the top 20. And Manning, I think, was just on the outside of the top 20. And then Scooby was, um, I think, in the 20s as well, honestly. Last year was was ridiculous. That's that's one of the more impressive top uh, prospect lists in, in recent memory by any team. But if you're in the top 20, that's where people start giving you pretty lofty expectations of uh, you know what, you're you're supposed to be a pretty important piece to this team going forward, not just a, a major leaguer. You're you're a prominent player within this organization, and we have pretty high expectations for your career. And then once you get into the top ten, top five, top three, is when you start getting like Vlad Jr. was one, and uh, Vlad Jr. was one, and Fernando Tatis was two. That's pretty nuts. Uh, Otani was was a top two at one point. Um, Wander Franco was number one. Once you start getting into that top top five ranking, you start getting like, all right, you're you're supposed to be like an all star caliber player that this team is going to honestly build around uh, going forward. And the Detroit Tigers have two top five prospects in all of baseball, and that's pretty damn cool. Jackson Job. Coming in at 79 is also pretty cool. The thing with Job that is so fascinating to me, and that's where we'll start today is with him, um, is that he is he he could be anything. He he like he could truly be anything. He he's one of those guys that has an unbelievably high ceiling and I I, I mean has a pretty low floor too. Like he, he might have one of the highest ceilings in the entire organization one might have one of the highest ceilings of any pitcher in the top 100 but when it comes the reason that he's he's ranked so low is a we haven't seen him yet i mean he he just became a pitcher full time like a year before he was drafted anyway so he's been a full time pitcher for for like a year a year and a half now i guess uh, and and we haven't seen him pitch yet so that that's part of the reason but there's just so much variation on what he could be. I mean, he again, taking a dude that, that's 18 and has only pitched for a year, he, he could fizzle out and, and end up being a, a bust. That That's a possibility, and that's a possibility with anybody in any sport. But that's a, that's a high risk to take for an organization, especially with the third overall pick in the draft. That is a, that is a high-risk play. But the reason that it was worth taking – in the organization's eyes, was because the reward is nutty. Jackson Job has the the intangibles and the raw talent already to be an unbelievable pitcher at the major league level. You're talking about a dude who, <laughs> who at 17 was pumping out spin rates and RPMs of over 3,300, which is, for those who aren't quite familiar with uh, with what a good slider RPM is, that that's incredibly good. That is unbelievable. Like a, a major league all-star level pitcher as far as the, the spin rate goes. And he, he was doing that at, at, you know, 17, 18 years old. So... The and, and you know his fastball he can pump out in in the mid 90s already as well. So you're talking about the the 
the foundation for growth with Jackson Joe is starting off at incredibly high. There is some really fun stuff to work with there. And he could be anything. <laughs> like, tr- like, think about it. I mean, he could, like we said, there's always a possibility just taking a high school arm period. Those busts relatively often. So there's a chance that that happens. Absolutely. A risk that the organization was willing to take. He could also reach the opposite end, which we also just covered. He could be a, just a phenomenal top-of-the-rotation pitcher for a, a World Series winning team. Absolutely. That, that is very possible given the, the makeup of him right now. He could develop into that. Absolutely. He could also be a, a solid, you know, he, gets the, he has his slider that he hangs his hat on. Uh, we've seen some starting pitchers that have really good sliders that uh, maybe don't figure out the rest of their repertoire too terribly well. And he can be a solid middle or back end of the rotation pitcher. Those are valuable. He could also, with a dominant two-pitch mix already, if he never quite picks up or quite learns how to have an effective third or fourth pitch, he's trying to work on a changeup right now, but again, he's he's 18 and we haven't seen him yet. But if, if he just ends up being a slider and fastball guy, but those are really good, we could see him be a, a, a dominant back end of the bullpen type of guy. Goes out there, throws gas, gets you on the slider. Gregory Soto comes to mind if you need an example of of pitchers that have lively fastballs and really sharp sliders that um, that that are dominant. Well, I'm, I'm not going to say dominant because then people will be like, oh, he sucks, whatever. But you get what I'm saying, a prominent part of the back end of somebody's bullpen. Jackson Job could be anything. And while that's kind of scary because we took him third overall, I'm not denying that there is an unbelievable risk with the kid. But the rewards are damn nice, baby. Damn nice. We will get into Green and Torque, and then we will get into some of the other players that uh, that just missed out on the top 100 from the Tigers organization after I tell you all about Bill Barr. Built Bar, it's the new year, so that means a new year's resolution. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, or maybe even better than a candy bar, to be honest with you. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good you'll want to eat it, unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky, waxy, or just straight up taste like chemical spill. You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By like week three, you might be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Well, Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, 17 grams of protein. And when you compare that to the normal candy bar, which usually has about 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Here's an idea for the new year. Go to all your secret treat stashes at home, the pantry, the office, the car, wherever. Throw out all your sugary, calorie-filled treats and replace them with Built Bar. So when you're craving a snack or a treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. Even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious Built Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. There's so many flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many, many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new limited-time flavors. So check out Built.com often to see what's new. Go to Built.com right now. Use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off of your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com.
All right, everybody, we are back here for segment two of Locked on Tigers. I am, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Thanks for making Locked on Tigers your first listen every day, free and available on all platforms. Talking about the Baseball America Top 100 Prospects list that came out yesterday as you're listening to this. Number four and number three in all of baseball, Riley Green and Spencer Torkelson. Now, last year... Spencer Torkelson was at the top of Tigers prospect rankings for all of the year, pretty much. If I, I think actually the entire year he was at the top. Had just been drafted number one overall the year before, was hitting very well, hit well the entire year. That didn't change. What did change is I think people are starting to realize that Riley Green is just built different. Riley Green is just that dude. And it is like Spencer Torkelson's done nothing wrong. <laughs> like Torque has done absolutely nothing to quote unquote deserve uh, a demotion from one to two. Riley Green is just unfreaking believable. When we look at Spencer Torkelson's 2021, he started off in high single A. For the West Michigan Whitecaps, batted 312 with a 440 OBP and a 569 slugging percentage. That is an OPS of over 1,000 with five home runs in those 31 games, 11 doubles, and a triple. Then he gets promoted to double A, where he would play 50 games, the most he would play at any level this year. 263 average, 373 OBP, and a 560 slug. So the batting average goes down pretty significantly. The OBP goes down significantly as well, but when you compare the difference of average to on-base percentage in West Michigan, it's about 130. When you compare the difference between those two in AA, it's about 110. So the OBP did not go down as much as the average, which means his walk numbers were still solid. His on-base percentage is still solid given what his batting average is, and that's really all that matters to me. He had 14 homers in 50 games, 10 doubles, uh, 30 walks to 50 Ks in 50 games. Not bad. We'll take it, baby. That's a, that's a phenomenal. That's a lot better than just we'll take it. That is, that is a very, very good 50-game stretch. That I'm not trying to downplay how impressive of a, of a year that is. Then he gets called up to AAA, all in one season. On opening day, he was in high single A, and on the last game of the season, he was in AAA and played in AA in between. Obviously, that was a blatantly obvious thing to say. I apologize. So in AAA in 40 games, he bats 238 with a 350 OBP and a 531 slugging percentage. Uh, so the contact, the average goes down 30 points. But the OBP only goes down 20 points. So, a 350 OBP for a sub-240 average is pretty damn good. And when you pair that with the ridiculous mid-500 slugging that he consistently put up across every level, I'm a happy camper. He hit 30 home runs across all three levels in 120 games, uh, 267 average, 383 OBP, and a 552 slug in 121 games across all those three levels. So Torgelson hit the hell out of the ball and hit it damn well. 
Uh, he got off to like a little bit of a slow start and people kind of like freaked out way more than they should have. And that's exactly proof that it was way more than you should have because he had an incredible year at the plate. So Torgelson comes in at number one and has a great year and is still incredibly highly regarded. The thing is, Riley Green is just insane. So when you're looking at Riley Green started off the season in double A. He had 84 games played there, a 298 average, a 381 OBP, and a 525 slug. That's that's damn good. That's over a 900 OPS, right? Uh, 16 home runs in 84 games, 41 walks, had 102 strikeouts. That's a little high, but he's got a long swing. We've kind of known that he's going to strike out a little bit for a while now. Nothing new there. 12 stolen bases in 84 games too, because why not? Okay. Also was playing center field, and we were told on draft night that he would be a below average defensive right fielder, and now he's playing plus defense in center field, okay? Very different, those two things, when it comes to productivity and uh, the, the amount of production you're going to get out of a player and how valuable a player is, but they could be hitting the same. Below average defense in corner outfield is a whole hell of a lot different than plus defense in center field. Wildly different. And that's why Riley Green's incredible. Then he goes up to AAA and in 40 games has a 308. His numbers get better when he gets promoted. Goes up to AAA, 308 average, 400 on base percentage, 553 slugging. Better at all three of the slash line stats in AAA than he was in AA. Half the games, but still 40 games is not a tiny, tiny sample size. That's decent. Uh, and, and half the home runs in half the games. So on pace for about the same there. 22 walks to 51 Ks. Again, 51 Ks in 40 games, a little bit high, but the walk numbers are still solid and the power is is clearly there. So when evaluating these two, you have a very, very good hitter in Spencer Torgelson. That's going to play first base for you. Going to play a, whatever your evaluation of his defense is. Going to play a decent first base defensively. And he's going to be a middle of the lineup bat for your team. And he's going to be a damn good hitter. Nothing wrong with that. It's what we need. He's going to get a, I still think he's going to get a couple of all-star seasons out of there. Spencer Torkelson came in at number one and had a great year. Riley Green came in as number two and pretty much was a five-tool athlete all season. He was an unbelievable hitter across all facets of hitting. He showed his speed. He showed his speed in the field. He was a plus defender and has a decent arm because why not? And he's a lefty, which whether you like it or not, raises value. So, Riley Green comes in as your number one prospect in your Detroit Tigers organization going into 2022. Spencer Torgelson at number two and Jackson Job at number three. I cannot wait to watch those two tear it up in, in Detroit, man. Words cannot describe how excited I am for those two to be in the lineup every day. That is going to be unbelievable. Riley Green's also a year younger than Torque. Um, 
okay, we are going to get into the rest of the prospects that were uh, that have been talked about within the Tigers organization. Some that maybe just missed the top 100, or just rounding out kind of the the other big name prospects on a day where we finally got to talk about some baseball. But first, I got to tell y'all about BetOnline.ag. BetOnline would like to wish you a new happy betting year as we continue to march to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all your sports wagering action for 2022. New year, new updated desktop and mobile website. So sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit just using promo code LOCKEDON. To get started from football, basketball, boxing, hockey, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 seasons. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. All right, everybody, welcome back to. I don't know why. How did I screw that up? Welcome back to the third and final segment of Locked on Tigers. We are talking Tigers prospects. Baseball America just released their top 100 prospects in baseball. Shuffled around a few of the the team-specific ratings as well. We've talked about the top three in the Tigers organization because they are all in the top 100. Number four, pretty much universally universally. Yeah, I almost wanted to say university there, and I'm not sure why. Pretty much any website you use or or whatever you use to evaluate your prospects and get your rankings from, Dylan Dingler is going to be number four at pretty much all of them. And Dingler had a very, very, don't say interesting, I swear, a very roller coaster of a year, we'll call it, in 2021. Played in 32 games and high single A West Michigan at a 287 average, a 376 OBP, and a 549 slug. He was phenomenal. Eight homers in 32 games. He he was unbelievable. And on top of this, he was sensational behind the plate in West Michigan. He was throwing dudes out. He picked a dude off and caught a dude stealing in the same game at one point and like hit a double that game. I mean, he was he he was on a different planet when he was down there in uh, to start off the year. Then he gets called up to Erie in 50 games in Double A. He had a 202 average, a 264 OBP, and a 314 slug. Four homers in 50 games, 62 strikeouts, and nine walks in those 50 games as well. So the thing when watching him in in Erie last year. My evaluation of it is just that it, it was a, it was a hell of a year for him, <laughs> right? I mean, he he played across three different levels. He logged three games in Lakeland as well. Uh, for those who don't remember, like he was and and catching as someone whose whose <laughs> knees will will forever uh, be a, a little not right due to catching their entire lives. Uh, I, I can tell you that it, it takes a, a hell of a toll. And Dylan Dingler is obviously 20 times the athlete I ever was at any point in my life. But there's a reason that you don't see too many catchers pit, or pitch, geez, too many catchers have, you know, 15, 20 year careers. 
There are some. There are outliers. There are outliers to everything. But catcher is a is it, it takes a toll on your body, man. And I think between that, three different leagues, three different levels of the minors, three different pitching staffs to juggle. The defense when he got to Double A, the arm was stayed there, and that's a good sign. He's got a good arm. Uh, that remained at every level. The blocking, I thought, remained pretty consistent at every level, too. I thought he was still really solid behind the plate, but the jump from high single A to double A was clearly huge for him, and that on top of already being a catcher that had probably the busiest year of his life up to that point, up to this point, uh, at 23 years old now, uh, I, I think you let him start off next year in double A, and I think he picks up where he left off in, in high single A as far as production goes. I think the offseason is going to be great for him. Hopefully it's just a normal length offseason. I don't think you know 18 months of a lockout is good for him. I don't think he needs that much time. You know, But um, I, I do think that, that this offseason will be good for him. And I am not worried about Dylan Dingler at all. It just takes, with pitchers and catchers especially, it just takes time to grow into your body being able to to pitch a full season or catch a full season because no level of baseball is as long as Major League Baseball. The minors aren't as long. College isn't as long. High school is like a quarter of your season. I mean, it is vastly different. So I, I, that's a, I just think he's going through the growing pains of that, and that's why I'm not worried about him at all. Another one that Baseball America is a huge fan of and MLB Pipeline is not as big of a fan of. There's a lot of variation in where Gage Workman is ranked. Gage Workman drafted the same year as Spencer Torkelson and was teammates with Spencer Torkelson. Drafted as a third baseman, but on draft night even, they were they were like, hey, this kid can flash the leather. And if you really wanted him to at 6'3", 200 pounds, you, you could move him to short, and he would be a good defensive shortstop too. And the Tigers are trying him out. He's played some third, played quite a bit of short. In Lakeland in single A in 51 games, he had a 256 average, a 357 OBP, and a 426 slug. That's not bad at all. That's, uh, that's creeping on the door of an 800 on-base percentage. Not uh, 30 walks in 51 games. Very respectable. Okay. Goes up to high single A West Michigan in 67 games. He would have a 237 average, a 302 on base percentage, and a 440 slug. So the slugging actually got better, but the on base percentage fell off a cliff. Uh, the, the anytime the OBP goes down more than the batting average, that's like like sirens going off in my head. That is that's something that worries me. So he's gonna have to make some adjustments clearly. And I think this is probably someone you start off, you know, he went to college, he's already 22. I think you, mm, man, I go back and forth on whether to start him off in high single A or just put him right in double A and see what happens. I think you probably start him off in high single A, uh, given that his, his numbers to end the season last year weren't great anyway. That being said, also, that's like my favorite phrase now, apparently, um, his right when he got called up, he like went hot and then got really, really cold and then started picking it up a little bit again at the end. So I don't know. 
I, I wouldn't be mad if they started him in Erie next year. I think the safe move is probably just let him start in West Michigan again, let him get his feet under him, and then move him up. But I, I, th- I just thought the variation between – now, granted, also – MLB's rankings are the end of 2021 because, you know, they're in a lockout and aren't going to do anything until the season starts back up for their prospect rankings. Um, so maybe they come out with their 2022 and, and Workman's way higher on theirs as well. But I just found it fascinating that Baseball America was so high on him because I don't think he's a guy that's really put in the same conversation as the Dinglers and the and the Jobs and, and yeah, I mean, even Pacheco, Isaac Pacheco, who was just taken last year. Uh, very, very excited about him. He's another guy that's kind of creeping on the door. He, I think, is a prime candidate. If I had to pick anyone in this organization, and this is what we'll end on, if I had to pick anyone in this organization to get into the top 100 by the end of the year, I think it's probably Isaac Pacheco. I think he's he was drafted out of high school. He's 19. Right, he's going to start off in the rookie league. If he gets off, well, actually, last year was in the rookie league. He's probably going to start off in uh, in single A, I guess. I think that's probably the safe move. And while he didn't tear it up or anything in the rookie league, uh, I mean, a three thirty slug is pretty damn low. But a three forty OBP with a two twenty six average, uh, I mean, those are those are da- eighteen walks in thirty games is damn good. I, I everybody knows me and knows I love my walks, and and that excites me. But He's just so young and has such a nice swing and all the tape we've seen on him this offseason working on his swing has looked phenomenal. I know there's a huge difference between in-game and and just taking batting practice or whatever, but he's already making adjustments to his swing and his stance a little bit. I am a huge Pacheco fan uh, and he is somebody that I'm super excited for. And, and I, I mean, Ty Madden, even like that's another one that's the guy we got at that I guess the technically right after the first round but he wasn't our second round pick it's those compensation rounds in the draft that was you know talked about going around 10 in some draft pools and we got him at what 33 or whatever I mean that's uh that that was a, a steal and a half on draft night and and somebody that the organization is incredibly excited about and he I mean he's already 21 obviously because he went to college and he's going to be 22 before the season starts that might be somebody that you start in high single a and you just say Let, let's see what you got baby and uh and if he shows out and, and shoves early i mean that that could be a quick promotion candidate in time madden so he's another guy that could sneak into the top 100 but if i had to place my money on anybody to get to the top 100 that currently isn't in the tigers organization by the end of the year it would probably be pacheco Dingler, I mean, Dingler's a, a safe, easy candidate. I don't even really count him because he's really is already, uh, in my eyes, right on the fringe there. So I guess that's probably the correct answer, but not including Dingler. Ty Madden, Pacheco, I'm a huge Dylan Smith fan. Roberto Campos is going to have another year. I don't know, man. This organization's getting exciting. We got some kids for the first time in in, in a long, long time. <laughs> We got a pretty damn respectable prospect pool, and I cannot wait for baseball to exist again and not just be a theory and a figment of all of our imaginations. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. We will be back 
on Monday. We got a fun week next week. Gonna gonna have a couple of guests on. Gonna be a fun, fun week. I'll catch you then, baby. Peace and love. Going to therapy's dope. And I'll catch you all then. I already said that. I shouldn't have said that before. Go Tigers.